All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 Podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 Podcast. Joined by 20 minutes away or so, Ryan Callahan. Not going to say where Patrick Brown is because we know he doesn't like that. But, fellas, we got big, big breaking news today. Tennessee staying red hot, red hot on the recruiting trail. Ryan, why are we bringing a breaking news edition to this podcast? Yet another commitment for Tennessee uh, during this shutdown in the recruiting calendar uh hasn't slowed down tennessee at all they've actually kind of sped things up this is now their fifth commitment since all this started and they land four-star defensive back kamar wilcoxon out of uh the atlanta area who's now at img academy in florida and uh long time tennessee target been committed to florida for a couple times and uh, tennessee lands him about a month after he reopened his recruitment from his second commitment to florida uh, and a big-time recruitment, uh, Tennessee beating out Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, among others, uh, to land uh, a guy who's has been committed to Florida a couple times. So a big-time target, a big-time player, and uh, clearly a huge, huge addition for Tennessee. They've, they've kind of struggled to land uh, big-time cornerbacks, and this is a guy at least that they're recruiting right now to play cornerback. Uh, could play safety, too, but a, a versatile guy back there in the secondary who uh, could address a, a potentially big need in the future at corner where you've already got it kind of start preparing for life after Bryce Thompson and Elante Taylor and those guys. And uh, this is this is a guy who could be a big piece of that. So a really nice pickup and second in less than 24 hours after they landed Dylan Brooks, the five-star edge rusher on Sunday. Yeah, the, the details here on Kamar Wilcox, and Ryan just mentioned a few of them. He, he's going to IMG Academy now. He's from the Atlanta area originally. Uh, rated 266 overall in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, ranked 14th at safety, 39th prospect in Florida. But, but Pat, when you look at this guy, you, you know, as you, as you start projecting things here, we, we say the word versatility all the time with Jeremy Pruitt. This guy loves versatility. And, and this looks like a guy who could play a couple different spots back in the secondary. Yeah, Wes, you know, uh, kind of just watching Will Coxon's film. Uh, he's mostly playing safety. He does line up at corner a few times. Um, shows that he can uh, get up near the line of scrimmage, play and run support, uh, but also can sort of be a, a rangy center fielder, and he's not afraid to uh, to be physical and, and and deliver a hit at the point of contact, whether that's on uh, running backs, wide receivers. Um, so uh, could play safety, could play corner, could play nickel. Uh, I know, you know, Tennessee likes the guys that can be a little bit more physical um, and can be a little bit more disruptive to play near the line of scrimmage, closer to, to the ball uh, and some of that uh, at that star spot and, and that, you know, in their nickel and dime defenses. So um, a guy that sort of really fits what um, Tennessee wants in their secondary. They want uh, guys that can cover like corners and, and play the run and hit and blitz and, and do things add in behind the line of scrimmage like safety. So, uh, he's got ball skills. He's uh, there's a few interceptions when you watch his junior tape, uh, and as, as we've heard, heard Pruitt say in the past, if you intercepted passes on Friday night, you'll do it on Saturdays too. So um, a lot of reasons to uh, to like this pickup for Tennessee. Uh, uh, I think he certainly fits what um, Pruitt and Ansley want, and, and really what they covet there uh, as defensive backs. Ryan, when you look at what's going on with this Tennessee recruiting class I know that sometimes in recruiting you know it's it's kind of hard sometimes to find a rhyme or reason for things but Tennessee hasn't just gotten 
you know, five commitments during this downturn, during this this COVID nineteen, you know, coronavirus shutdown or quarantine, whatever you want to call it. But 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 Tennessee's gotten four of the best five commitments, highest rate of commitments in its class during this period. What what exactly is Tennessee doing right at the moment? Is is Tennessee just kind of catching catching fire at the right time? Is this just kind of a things coming together? What what's what's causing this? You know, it's, it's a little bit of all of that, but really that now, now Kamar Wilcoxon, of course, having been committed to Florida twice, he's, he's clearly kept his options open despite being committed a couple of times. And, uh, you know, it sounds like he was sort of open back in January and February, even before he publicly decommitted from Florida. So that, and even before that, Tennessee was still working him, you know, but behind the scenes, they never stopped recruiting him. So I think this is another example of, um, you know, during a shutdown period like this, players not being able to take more visits, this is when players sort of fall back on what they know. They fall back on the relationships they've already developed in recruiting. And in a way, I think it's sort of simplified things for some kids. It's made it sort of obvious who's recruiting in the hardest, uh, which schools they're sort of gravitating to naturally. You know, some kids are maybe rushing it right now, making decisions uh, just to sort of claim their spot during this time, not knowing what's going to happen. But uh, I think this is the case of Tennessee just being one of the teams recruiting him in the hardest all along. Um, staying on him. He's been to Tennessee a handful of times in the past. H- hadn't visited in a little more than a year, but he'd been there multiple times and felt comfortable with the campus, felt really comfortable with the coaching staff. He's known Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ainsley since they were both at Alabama, he said. Um, so when you have that kind of longstanding relationship and you've been recruited that hard by a school, I think it makes it sort of easy to to fall back on a school like that when, when there's so much uncertainty and everything uh, in a time like this. So I think that's what we're seeing is Tennessee laid the groundwork with pretty much all five of these guys they got uh, during this uh, this shutdown so far, and and that's paying off now. These early visits they got from guys their freshman, sophomore, and junior year really are paying off, and and just the relationships they've built with these guys over the past couple of years, uh, and, and at least a year, and, and pretty much all five of these cases except for Jalen Wright, the running back. Um, but to have those longstanding relationships really is paying off right now, and that's why you're seeing Tennessee kind of on a hot streak right now. Pat, when you look at the, you know, what Jeremy Pruitt calls critical factors, and those of us who cover him know what that means. That basically means that, that there's a, a certain list of things, physical things, tangible things, intangible things at every spot that Tennessee staff would like to recruit. And size-wise, when you look at the defensive backs Tennessee's recruiting here, it's no secret. You look at the defensive backs that, that are going high in the NFL draft, you look at the ones that Tennessee's trying to recruit now, and you see the size. We don't know, as you said, that Wil- Wilcoxon, is he going to play safety? Is he going to play corner or you know, somewhere in between? We don't really know. But when you look at these DBs that he's recruiting, you see a lot of size and a lot of length. I guess just explain to people the, the difference that makes on the back end of the defense, especially the way receivers are getting bigger and bigger right now. Well, I think you said it, Wes. You know, you need guys that can hold up against these six three, six four wide receivers, um, and, and you need quarterbacks. You look at uh, who, who Tennessee has committed in this class right now. A lot of six foot, six foot one guys. Will Coxon's listed at six foot one. Um, obviously, you know, wingspan comes into that, uh, comes to play in that as well, but. Um, you don't you don't see a lot of six three six four corners. There's you know maybe a few of them out there, but uh, a lot of them are in uh, are in that kind of range uh, six one six two. That's what uh, this staff wants, and um, certainly I think from a size standpoint, uh, Wilcoxon fits uh, as a corner or a safety. Um, you know I think uh, maybe the days of the two hundred twenty pound safety are probably uh, not necessarily entirely over, but you don't see a lot of those guys anymore. Just like you don't see the uh, the 255 pound inside linebackers and the 325 pound nose tackles. You kind of just don't see that anymore uh, in college football. And even, you know, with the NFL sort of moving to more of a, uh, a space 
late game, so to speak. But um, yeah, that's what that's why I think Wilcoxon, you know, he, he's got the link to be a corner. Um, he's got the ball skills to be a corner. I mean, there's one there's one brief clip on his highlight tape where he's just lined up at corner and he just jams the guy right at the line, just two head two arm shove right to the chest. You know, that that's not not the press coverage he would play at Tennessee if he's a corner necessarily. Obviously, Pruitt and, and Ansley will uh, get him sort of short up there technique wise. But um, you, you want guys with long arms that can uh, get their hands on uh, that have strong hands that can uh, disrupt timing of routes um, and, and, and play aggressive and play physical. And uh, I think Wilcoxon uh, does a lot of the things that uh, that you need to uh, that you need to have to, to be able to play that kind of way. Ryan, you mentioned a little bit about this earlier, but but Wilcoxon, you know, kids are going to be kids. He, he, he's committed twice to Florida. He's decommitted twice. He's committed to Tennessee now. That naturally is going to lead people to asking, well, does, does this even matter that he's committed? Have you? I think you said you've been able to speak with him, right? And, hey, I'm not knocking the kid. Hey, it's a business, right? But what, do you think that this might be different, or, or, or do, you, do you think that they're just going to kind of have to, to, to strap up and hold on for this one? Well, I – Realistically, probably a little bit of both. Uh, with a guy like this, who's who's being pursued by other major programs, you know, you, you can't sit back and, and assume you've you've got uh, anything in the bag just yet. You've you've got to continue to recruit a guy like this and assume that other schools are going to continue to come after him. But I do think Tennessee's long-standing relationship with him gives gives them a, a real chance of holding on to him. And and I think this this shutdown, you know, gives them a real chance uh, that this might end up white. We don't know yet what this is going to mean for the recruiting calendar. It might end up wiping out the rest of the summer, at least in terms of visits. So um, that's all going to work in Tennessee's favor. And this is a guy who plans to graduate in, in December and enroll in January. Uh, so that's another thing working in Tennessee's favor here and, and what might be an, an odd year, or what's definitely going to be an odd year calendar-wise. Um, he's going to just have fewer opportunities probably to, to, to take some visits and keep looking around. So I, I think there's reason to think Tennessee can hold on here. But, uh, yeah, you have to assume the guy that's decommitted twice, you know, even though he's He's saying right now in late April, yeah, I'm I'm deciding this is final. Um, that you, you never know. There there's there's almost eight months to go, so you've got to keep recruiting him. But I do think Tennessee has a real shot to to weather the storm here, and, and a large part of that is just the the relationships they have with Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ainsley, and, and the rest of that staff. Pat, I think it's awesome that we get you on this recruiting edition of the podcast because normally, you know, mostly we, we do a lot of team stuff, you and I do. But since we have the opportunity to get you here on one of these recruiting breaking news ones, I want to ask you about Jeremy Pruitt and this this one-on-one stuff because you hear Ryan and you hear Ramey and you hear analysts across the country and recruits across the country say that Jeremy Pruitt is really good in one-on-one settings. And you're obviously a guy like the rest of us who's been able to sit down one-on-one with Pruitt a few times, speak to him on the phone, different things like that. What is it about him one-on-one that, that you think recruits really just kind of seem to like? Well, I, I think he's he's really down to earth. You know, I know he comes across maybe a, a certain way when he's, uh, you know, speaking in public and things like that. But um, he's just a coach that, that loves football. He loves uh, his players. I remember, uh, you know, you go back to his first press conference right after he got hired and um, when he was talking about the decision to go back to Alabama and uh, coach in the, in the college football playoff, he said, you know, I sat in these guys' living rooms and said I would coach them. And so um, that sort of loyalty, and, and we've heard him say it many times before, that uh, one of the parts of, of, of being a head coach and being a coach uh, in general is, you know, getting to develop players, uh, not only as players, but uh, as people. And I think that's uh, – you have to have um, an ability to to connect with, with people and um, – and, and, you know, be funny and be, you know, um, you know, have, have a personality that, that people 
gravitate towards. And I think he's got those things, even though uh, it may not always come out in, in some of the public settings that a lot of, you know, most people see him in. So um, I think recruits probably get that side of him. Maybe uh, not maybe, but uh, a lot more than, uh, than a lot of others do. And so, um, I mean, there's a reason this guy's been recruiter of the year. Uh, there's a reason his players have always been really loyal to him and, um, and, and I've said some of the things that, uh, they've said about him in the past, when you go back to, you know, some of the stuff is his Alabama guys have said some of the stuff, uh, this most recent group of seniors said about him. Um, just, uh, and I think players like that. And, and I think there's a track record to back up what he says too, because, um, he's put almost, I think coached almost 60 guys now uh, that have gone on in the NFL. He's, uh, you know, put a lot of, produced a lot of good players. And, um, uh, I think, you know, it's one thing to have a personality. It's another thing to have uh, sort of a track record and say, look, you know, Hey, I can, I can do this with you. When, when you take Henry Toto and you show him film of Ruben Foster and Mac Wilson and say, I can do that with you. I think that resonates with players as well. In addition to just the, uh, human to human sort of relationship part of it. Yeah. He definitely keeps, uh, he doesn't, it's not like he keeps a guard up in public, uh, settings, but, but one-on-one, he certainly doesn't have any kind of guard up and he just kind of, you get to talk to the guy and he, he's an actual human being, which I, I think a lot of people, uh, I think you can see glimpses of that during press conferences, but it really kind of shines in, in kind of those, those one-on-one sessions on the side and stuff. Uh, Ryan, before we get out of here, I know this is the 12th commitment for Tennessee. Remind people kind of maybe, and I know it's always a tough question, but what the numbers look like for this class and, you know, how many more you think what well, what else this could mean for the defensive backs in particular and and sort of j- just where can Tennessee kind of stay this hot I mean obviously not every single day they're going to get someone but does this seem like a trend that's going in the right direction now yeah I I think this this could continue into into March or into May and June I, I think you could see this uh this kind of continue during this this uh period of uncertainty for guys you know there were some there have been a lot of players who've been hoping to make decisions by the end of the summer and, and I think what you're seeing here lately is, is kind of a product of what we we're talking about earlier the relationships but also just players not really knowing what to do uh during this time should should they wait and see if they can take more visits in the summer should they go ahead and sort of claim their spot at the at, and have their choice of more of the schools they they want to go to and uh and i think that's what you're seeing from a lot of guys so i, I certainly wouldn't rule out that there could be more activity in the not too distant future not aware of anything uh impending here in the next couple of days but yeah I, I think tennessee's sort of uh in on a nice little run right now and we'll see if it can continue. But um, yeah, I, I think that they're in good shape right now at, at a lot of spots off to a good start at least. And, and the secondary, certainly one of them, they've gotten a handful of guys there uh, in, in the secondary, Jay Jones at cornerback, uh, Nate Evans, another, another versatile defensive back and, and Edwin Wyatt, a really productive, uh, but sort of under the radar player from, from South Alabama. So uh, got a handful of guys there in the secondary, but still again, involved with a lot of other guys and you're going to see them continue to recruit a lot of others. Uh, at that position, they obviously have been looking for big time corners, and this is uh, potentially addressing a major need there. And and, and you're going to see them stay in some battles for some big time corners too. Guys like Nylon Green uh, out of Georgia as well. They're they're not going to give up on those those players and continue to recruit them hard. And we'll, we'll see who else they can get. But yeah, they're they're off to a good start. And numbers wise, 12 commitments. They're they're still up there toward the top of the SEC and and now in the top 10 nationally in the 24/7 Sports Composite Team Rankings. So you can't. Can't discount that coming off a top 10 class being in position right now uh, to, to sort of be able to sell to players. Hey, we're, we're on the right track right now and our recruiting showing that. Yeah, I'm imagining kind of a free for all when when the when the virus kind of quarantine stuff goes down and the, the it becomes kind of an open period again for recruiting. I'm imagining those first few weeks of that are just going to be helter skelter. 
but uh it, it absolutely could be and i was gonna say that this could be a wild fall so so people uh, you know if things open back up this and there's a normal football season on schedule people might want to prepare for just the the chaos that could ensue in recruiting you might have a bunch of decommitments you might have a, a bunch of players uh that are committed you know taking some visits uh, it, it, it could be a, a pretty wild fall but you know that again tennessee's getting some guys they've got long-standing relationships with and that's uh, that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't just assume these are guys you know, sort of holding their spot. These are guys Tennessee legitimately has a chance to hold on to, I think, in most cases. I think that's a good place to leave it. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Certainly, Ryan and Pat, thanks for joining us. You can find all of us uh, on social media, or you can go to uh, twitter.com slash govals247, facebook.com slash govals247, or you can go directly to the source, that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, right there at govals247.com. Got lots of good deals right now. And uh, come on, you're quarantining. What else are you going to do? Come check, check come check out the site if I can speak English. Well, I guess we'll see y'all uh, here probably in just a day or two. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.